Hello, and welcome to another episode of the CBO Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Donna Sheely. Happy to have you joining us today. We are talking with Glenn Nakata today. He is Chancellor for Financial and Administrative Affairs for Purdue University, Fort Wayne. Hi, Glenn. So glad to have you. Hi, Donna. Thank you so much for having me join you today. Yes. So, Glenn, I got to tell you, I lived in Indiana for several years in Fishers. Yeah. Very, very familiar with Purdue. And my husband grew up in Fort Wayne. So we have that connection. What a great connection. Yes. So you're coming from, though, California and Texas. So Mm -hmm. how is it being in Indiana? Well, both my wife and I are really enjoying it. We love Fort Wayne. It's such a fantastic city. The amount of growth we've seen even in the last year and a half has been incredible. The number of corporations and business entities and people that are moving to this area has just been staggering. And I think uh, we as Purdue University Fort Wayne have been a benefactor of that. We've seen some real growth in uh, our campus and the ability of our uh, university to provide outreach within the community. That's awesome. Awesome. So let's talk about how you got there. I know I mentioned California and Texas. So take us back to how you got started as a CBO. I will say my career is is a tad securitist, almost like uh, shoots and ladders, the game shoots and ladders. So um, I graduated from the University of Southern California with a degree in uh, accounting, went to work at that time with one of the big eight accounting firms, which was Deloitte Haskins and Sells. Got my uh, CPA license, and then, but knew I wanted to do something more. So I went back to get my master's in business administration, and I was fortunate enough to be at, uh, attend the Anderson School at uh, UCLA. So competing school, but that's okay. Got my MBA and thought, oh my gosh, I'm definitely going to go work on Wall Street. That was my goal. I started my MBA program in September of 87, and we all know what happened in October of 87 with the market crashing. So it put me on a bit of a different route. So I decided to go more to the finance, corporate finance route. Had a chance uh, upon graduation to work for Apple Computer back in the late 80s, early 90s. Really enjoyed that. That was an amazing time. And then I had an opportunity to go work for a company that, as a small child, I always thought, boy, it would be neat to work there. And that was the Walt Disney Company. Growing up in Los Angeles, going to Disneyland once a year was such a highlight and uh, nurtured my love for the uh, anything Walt Disney. So I had an opportunity to work for the Walt Disney Company, and it put me on about a uh, 12-year uh, journey within the, uh, the entertainment industry with Walt Disney Company, Sony Pictures, and Warner Brothers, and eventually uh, working with the Screen Actors Guild, the union for all the actors and actresses. And then I had an opportunity uh, to go work at my alma mater, USC. And I thought, gosh, you know, that would be kind of neat to get into higher education and go back to where I went to school and had such great memories about. And to actually go there and go into higher education and see what it really takes to run a university is just mind boggling. And I think that's what reaffirmed my desire to be in higher education, to have a part in future students' growth, their evolution, and setting them out on their next journey in their life. And I haven't looked back since. So let's give a time frame. So what year did you start at the um, University of Southern California? So I started at USC in 2008. Okay. I was there for um, almost nine years. 
and then was given the opportunity to work at the University of North Texas uh, in their College of Education, which is one of their their founding college at UNT. I thought it would be a great opportunity because I had worked at USC both in the auxiliary services and the administrative operations area. I needed that academic background. I knew one day I wanted to be a CBO CFO at an institution of higher education. So I thought, hey, here's an opportunity to get that academic side underneath me. So I had a chance to work at uh, UNT's College of Education and then was offered the opportunity to come to Purdue University, Fort Wayne, as their vice chancellor for financial administrative affairs and have really enjoyed it for the last year and a half. So you came in, I guess we're we're using the phrase post-pandemic to say, um, so how was that transitioning in after all the shutdowns and everything that was going on at that time? Purdue did an amazing job navigating the the whole time frame of the pandemic from being able to pivot quickly to an online uh, presence, both for students as well as faculty and staff and provide the resources to them so they could effectively do their job while at home. Uh, once we started coming back, we you know slowly brought students back. We slowly brought the staff back. But one of the realities we've learned from the pandemic is people can be effective while working from home. I think that's the one thing that's really uh, shown us that people don't need to be in an office 40 hours a week. So we've implemented a one day a week working remote from your home program here at Purdue University. And we've really seen the benefits. I think morale has definitely uh, improved. I think people have really appreciated that we're trying to really look out for them and their mental health, their ability to take care of their life outside of work. And we've really reaped some benefits from it. That's awesome. So let's talk about some of the things that you're excited about for this semester. But before you do that, tell us everything that's under your umbrella there at uh, Purdue University, Fort Wayne. So, of course, finance and accounting. uh, And then uh, that area, we've got uh, human resources, information technology, uh, facilities, uh, athletics, and our university police department all report to me. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> so what are you most excited about so far as we're, we're closing up this uh, year, but uh, you can tell me something that you're excited about or something that's already happened this this semester that you just say, you know what, this was a good thing. One of the things we're seeing is uh, Purdue has done such an amazing job with their branding, with the Purdue brand, from our main campus of West Lafayette, our regional campus up in Northwest in Hammond, and our campus in Fort Wayne has really benefited us in attracting students not only from the northeastern Indiana region, but out of state, as well as internationally. And word of mouth is really spreading, especially internationally, to where we're seeing a large number of international students wanting to come here to go to school. And I think that's what's been so neat to see this incredible amount of diversity coming to our campus. Students from all over the world bringing their their culture, their language, their their way of life, and you know, meeting them and talking to them has been so enriching, not only to our fellow students, but to our faculty and staff, too, to be able to meet and talk with these students and learn more about their lives. And, you know, hopefully we can play a part in helping them get on to the next chapter in their life. Let's dive into that a little bit. So you being of a Japanese 
descent and coming from an immigrant family. Talk about a little bit more about the importance of bringing people of differing backgrounds and life experiences together within your organization. It's been such a hallmark throughout my career. Um, I've always tried to look for people that think differently, you know, that brings something different to the to the uh, discussion, because there are so many incredible people with so many incredible stories out there. I want to learn from them. And if you keep hiring the same people over and over again, what are you really going to learn? I want to bring people from different backgrounds, different regions, different countries to learn more from them. And I think as an organization, you only get stronger by doing that. And so diversity, equity, inclusion is a very, very important. It's one of our pillars of our strategic plan here at Purdue University of Fort Wayne. And that is something that is very important to me that I very much work uh, with our chief diversity officer in trying to expand our presence and work within our university to get uh, that become such ingrained in our culture. Talk to us a little bit about um, some of the challenges that you may have had over the years, not just where you are now, but as a CBO, what are so one of the biggest challenges you may have had, and then how did you handle that? I think one of the biggest challenges, just like I said previously, is understanding what it takes to run a university. You know, as a student, pay, just get me my classes, get let me buy my books and give me some place to eat and I'll be fine and make sure the library is open. But to get to that point, to be able to make sure, and one of the key things that I was trying to do when I make decisions is, how is this benefiting our students? And so how do, how are any decisions that we're doing make our students experience at this university better and get them on their path quicker? And so one thing we're currently working on is a whole reanalysis of our workflows and processes here and how it can benefit students. So one of the running jokes we had when I got here is we're trying to avoid the Mastodon shuffle or the Purdue University Mastodons. And everyone says, well, there's that Mastodon shuffle and how do we make it better? And so for the last year or so, we have been working in tandem with our uh, College of Business to uh, look at workflows and process improvement to make sure our students have as smooth of a path as possible from the first day they enroll to the day they get their diploma. And that, to me, is so beneficial to us. But that was a real challenge for me is learning, okay, what do we have to do? You know, a lot of things you work on uh, in, in, in this capacity is, well, we've always done it that way. But that's a, that's a big challenge because uh, you find a lot of people in higher education have been here a very long time. And, you know, what they've done certain things a certain way for a very long time. But I challenge people to say, hey, take a step back. What can we do to make it better? If it works and that's the only option, then let's go forward with it. But if there's a way we can look at things differently to help folks get through this process quicker, then let's let's look at implementing it. Let's talk about that a little deeper um, concerning growth. I mean, you've been doing this for quite some time and you're still in it and still excited about it. So what's something unique about your current role that you feel is stretching you professionally and that's keeping you excited and going every day? I will say the one area is probably the athletics department. We have an amazing athletics department. We're a Division I school. We transitioned to Division I a few years ago. Uh, it's stretching my 
understanding. I'm constantly learning. I have an amazing uh, athletic director, Kelly Hartley Hutton, and I've learned so much for her. And, you know, the one thing I've learned is I just listen and try to help out as any way I can to uh, provide her the support so uh, these student athletes can succeed because we know that they have an option to go to so many other schools to do something they love, which is play their sport. And so how do we make sure we retain these student athletes and give them the experience that they so enjoy? Yeah, that's great. That's really good. And so let's go into uh, mentorship and talk a little bit about some of the mentors that you've had during your career and what you're doing now that you've been doing this for quite some time to reach back and help those who are coming up and wanting to be a CBO. One of the things I've learned throughout my career is find that one person who really is knowledgeable about a certain area and listen to them. Um, I've tried to get a mentor in every place I've worked to, to help me to understand a certain part, a certain segment in in their area and become better at it. I was very fortunate uh, at USC, a uh, gentleman, David Wright, who is now the Senior Vice President of Administration at USC, was an incredible mentor. I learned so much from him, and um, he really helped me in my career at USC. And I am you know, eternally grateful to him for that because he helped me to navigate so many different things at the university. For me, I always look at who is that next group of people that can take over the reins at, at a university. I very much am a big proponent of trying to promote within and to provide a succession plan for folks, I want to give them opportunities above and beyond what they're doing and mentor them. Uh, there was a young lady um, when I was at USC who uh, came from an immigrant family. Their, uh, her family came from Mexico. No one had ever gone to college before. And I told her, I said, look, you are you can do so much more, but you need to get your degree. Let's, you know, so she started uh, going to community college, taking classes, the JCs, and eventually she got accepted to USC. And she was the first person in her family to graduate from a, uh, a university. And so it now laid the groundwork now for her younger sister to say, you know what, I want to go to school too. And it's that whole cycle now that I'd love to mentor people to get them on that next path in their life. And so she's doing a great job with the corporation down in Los Angeles. And, you know, it's one of those things I really want to try to give back to folks and, you know, who really wants to go to that next level, that next step in their career and do everything I can to help them out. And what does that look like? So if someone is, you know, wanting to uh, become a CBO and you're you're looking, you're saying, okay, that person I like, you know, is it their drive? What is, What are you specifically seeing in someone that you say, you know what, I want to help them. I want to see them grow and, and possibly get into this type of position. I think, like you said, uh, the drive, they're really focused on it. And then also, too, they're inquisitive. I want to learn more. We don't, what, what you're dealing with athletics. What is it you have, you have to deal with athletics or the police department? What is it with our uh, PD, the issues? So they're constantly asking questions. They want to learn too. And so they have that knowledge base going forward. And that's one thing in this role. You definitely are an expert in finance accounting because most of us have all had that finance and accounting background. But as you roll, go into this role, operations, HR, IT are all areas that you have to start learning about and understanding so you can be as truly effective as a CBO in any university 
that uh, you work at. So let's talk about the future of CBOs. You've been doing this, like I stated, for for some years. And so you've seen the ebbs and flows and the different thing, changes going on. And so what do you think the future is for CBOs? What does that look like? And what is your future looking like? I would say if, one, if I talk to other CBOs who are just starting out, I was, two things I tell them is collaboration and transparency. But one thing I feel very strongly about is collaboration. You have an incredibly large amount of very bright people in a college or university. Tap into them, you know, pick their brains, work with them. Because like I said, they may bring a different perspective or a different mindset to the discussion you may not have thought of. So working with those folks. The other is transparency. I think that's one thing that a lot of times people feel, well, you know, what are they trying to hide or what's really going on? And I've always said, I'm going to be as transparent as I possibly can be because I want everyone to know, as I affectionately call it, the good, bad, and the ugly. And then that way we know we're all in this together. There is no, you know, hiding things or doing things behind people's back. I want people to all be involved and know exactly what's going on because that way, they feel that they are part of the process and they have a voice and they can have an impact on how this university continues down its path of success. And future for me, I think what I tell people is whenever that day is when I decide to step away from it all, I just hope I left, I leave the university in a better place than when I got here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Leaving a legacy. That's awesome. Do you have any final thoughts for us? One of the things I, I tell people is, Surround yourself with really smart, bright people and let them do their job. I think that's so important to allow uh, people who you trust and trust them to do what they need to do. Don't micromanage. Don't always question, but always be there for them. You know, I'm a big proponent of management by walking around and open door policies. I want people to know that, hey, I'm going to leave you alone until you need help. And as soon as you need help, come and talk to me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Glenn. We definitely enjoyed your um, insight and perspective. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Donna. And thank you all for joining us today for this episode of the CBO Speaks podcast brought to you by the National Association of College and University Business Officers. You can find resources for today's episode as well as a wide variety of research and tools at nakubo.org. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks on Apple Podcasts so that you can get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Glenn Nakata from Purdue University, Fort Wayne, I want to thank you for joining us on CBO Speaks. I'm Donna Sheely. Be well.